Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dear Writer. We are recording episode 136 today. And it is another one of our author spotlight episodes. And we have Dan Rice with us today. So welcome, Dan. Hi, happy to be here. So Dan is a young adult urban fantasy author based on the West Coast of the US. Dan's award-winning debut novel, Dragons Walk Among Us, was published in 2021 with the sequel, The Blood of Fairies, released in February Uh, earlier this year. Dan hopes to eventually achieve his dream of making a living writing speculative fiction. Outside of his writing life, when he isn't working nine to five or chauffeuring his sons to and from soccer, he enjoys photography and hiking through the wilderness. So welcome to the show, Dan, and it's great to have you on. Thank you. So how we like to get these episodes started is if you can tell us a little bit about how you first got started writing and when you decided to pursue it more seriously and began thinking about getting your book published? Sure. I guess my my first brush with any kind of writing, I have a distinct memory. I was probably in third grade. I had to go to something called the Young Writers Conference. I think my teacher sent me to that. I think it was some kind of weekend thing. But part of that, you had to have some kind of book or story or whatever to share or talk about with the other students. So I remember doing that, but I had no idea about any kind of story to write or anything. So I wrote something about, I think I had constructed, you know, like gone to a science fair with my father, like on a weekend activity. And we had made maybe like a a robot, like a really dumb Roomba kind of idea. But it would kind of go around and bounce into things and then it would kind of move around. Didn't vacuum anything, though. But that was my thing. I was going to write about that or whatever. So I think I had some kind of book, maybe somehow. I mean, it was probably pre-internet days, but somehow I probably had some diagrams in there. And so I remember going and feeling like fish out of water because there's just a bunch of, you know, young little girls, probably my own age, but. I, I remember being the only boy, but I probably wasn't the only boy, but very few. So I I was really shy. And then I remember we had to share a book and they all had, you know, fairy tale type stuff. And I had this book about, you know, I said, oh, it's a factual book about making a robot or something. And I remember there's a girl next to me and she looked at me like I was an alien. <laughs> that was my sort of my first thing with writing. But, you know, fast forward years i guess i got more into it maybe when oh i probably read oh i think it was dune by frank herbert and i thought oh that that's pretty cool so that kind of was probably another seed and then it was probably post-college when i actually started trying to write but i mean i I was clueless on how how to go about it (laughs) (laughs) as far as getting more serious i ended up joining some kind of writing group, but I wasn't with them for very long. I mean, I, I joined them, but it was sort of, I think it was at the local bookstore, maybe a Barnes and Noble. But then another group came and like presented to that group. They're like trying to recruit members, this other group. So they came and they said, oh, 
well, you know, you have to apply to be a member of our group. But so I thought, okay, I mean, this thing at Barnes & Noble didn't really seem all that great. But I thought, I'll try out this other group. Anyway, then I joined them. And they're called a, the Puget Sound Writers Guild. So at the time, they had like a resident writer who was a former, I guess, University of California professor or whatever. So he had a whole, he had to go through a whole like course, like a, you know, almost, okay. not, almost like a college course, but I mean, maybe not college course, but a community college course. Maybe. So he had to go through and this guy, he had, he'd have like, you know, he'd have like handouts every week. You go there and you'd listen to him kind of like, uh, I think he had recordings of the handouts. So he'd play a tape recorder. You'd listen to the handout. You'd read the handout. So it was kind of a long and uh, often boring process. You'd have to <laughs> drink lots of coffee or tea to, to stay awake because it was late at night. But I, mean, from that experience, I went from not having a clue how to plot a novel or have any idea to be, being able to do it. And then from there, you kind of moved on to the critique group. And then... That was sort of how I got started trying to write. And then from there, you know, it's many, many, many failed product projects to get to anything that I was able to get published. So that's sort of the journey from clueless to being able to produce something. <laughs> yeah. And then along the way, I think I think one of the things I had to overcome was that I really was taken with like Oh, George R. R. Martin, you know, later on, I was like, oh, I want to write like epic fantasy, like gritty, like George R. R. Martin. Well, I eventually, once I gave up on that and kind of said, oh, you know, I don't, you know, that's really not what I'm going to be writing mm-hmm. and kind of went more the YA way, that kind of, um, at least that, that helped a lot too. But I'd say, you know, the main thing was getting into that writing group, learning how to write, or at least learning how to plot a book, edit it, and that got me to here. Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting and probably what a lot of writers experience in terms of like starting out, you know, like I think some people think when you, you start a book that you you kind of sit down and then it just like before before you become a writer this is how you envision it of the sitting down and then just like ideas flowing through your fingertips and suddenly magically you have this book but in reality like there's all those steps that happen along the way and I I think that was like a really great detailed description of like oh yes we we tried out this writer's group and then like you know a short period of time moved on to something else and you know learned a bit and like just taking away like just a little bit every step is the really cool description of how it actually looks like so <laughs> yes <laughs> and yeah. finding your genre as well that I found that really interesting oh, finding yeah. your genre because you always have an idea of what you think you want to write <laughs> and then yep. you're like actually that's not really suited to me if that makes any sense so I like that you've discovered that too yeah I mean they you know they talk about Oh, you know, oh, you have to have a the voice or whatever. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, at least for me, I mean, it was easier to find the YA fantasy voice and to try to find some kind of epic, gritty, whatever voice. Yeah. You know? so I think part of it is just, you know, I mean, uh, you can only try to imitate people so long. And then you kind yes, of yeah. try to find something that even if you're imitating someone, you know, at least you're trying to go your own, own route a little bit. 
yeah and I think it's okay to like you know start off there and then like eventually develop but I do think it's interesting how I feel like a lot of people say oh you know what you're good at writing is really what you're interested in reading but I feel like if you're a very avid reader sometimes you read all over the show and it's not necessarily connected to what you would like to write (laughs) so it can be a little bit trickier to find that genre yeah that's definitely true so judging from the introduction uh, to you you must be a very busy man so I'm just wondering how you squeeze in the time to write your uh, urban fantasy novels while you're you know working nine to five and chauffeuring your sons all over the show to all of their I'm sure many activities so I'm curious what that looks like for you so yeah so I I write mainly in the the morning like you know during during the week I I write in the morning so I get up before everyone else like at four four o'clock four a.m and that's when I do the writing first thing you know to bed early up early Mm -hmm. Uh, so that 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 works out because the 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 kids are asleep so (laughs) <laughs> that works out really well i think one one's eight one's 12 so they're both at that stage where they're still you know they they, they think they're independent but they're still very needy and <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good description <laughs> so um being up when doing it when they're not around you know they're presumably asleep that that helps um so that's when i do a lot of it you know and on the weekend, I don't get up quite so early, but I try to do, if I have to do some writing for whatever reason on the weekend, that I something I, I make sure I do it in the morning because, yeah, depending on what's going on, that, you know, that get, can get, get in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, lots, lots of soccer. They, they, they both do that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. you know, just other family uh, things that come up. And yeah. then, of course you know, ha- having a, a regular day job all, always gets in the way of uh, writing. So the morning works well for me. And then weekend, I squeeze in when, w- as much as I can. But, yeah. you know, that, that's the fun time, the, the writing. The, the, the other stuff, sometimes fun, sometimes not as fun. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> totally understand that. Yep. yep. I think it, it's, yeah, quite helpful, I reckon, getting it done in the morning just in terms of like then you can kind of relax as well and enjoy the other stuff a bit more because otherwise you're kind of like oh well I've got to get this done and I haven't done any writing today and like, yeah. you get like kind of frustrated about it or at least I do I know you know I'll, I'll try and get the if I try and get the jobs done first sometimes it's like ah oh, well I've got all of this done which is great but I still haven't done any writing yeah. so I think it's helpful to get it done in the morning and then be like yay starting yeah. the morning on a happy note <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. And I, one thing i thought was that helped me out was i remember i think it was on uh, stephen king said something i think in the on his on writing or whatever his book is that he wrote he said something like oh you know stuff always get, gets in the way of of writing there's no such thing as you know children or life not getting in the way so he said you know the key is not to sweat it so much so I think once I read that, I thought, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't, you know, sweat it totally uh, when, when, when there's distractions and just kind of roll with it a little bit. That actually helped. I think mm-hmm. that actually got maybe more productive because then you're not like, 
you don't get all aggravated mm. as easily. And at least for me, if I don't get all yeah. aggravated about it, then it's much easier to go from yeah. one thing to the next. Yes, me too. <laughs> Definitely. So can you tell us a little bit about your writing process? Like, are you a plotter or a pantser or somewhere in between? Definitely a plotter. Some of it kind of goes back to when I was starting out and then I joined the um, Puget Sound Writers Guild. So the the guy who was the resident writer there, he he was big into plotting. And that was like his whole process that he tried to impart on the members was that you know it was pretty strict plotting and then his theory was okay when you're starting out you should definitely plot a lot and then as you become more advanced I guess more experienced then maybe you can move to I don't know if you'd call it a panster I mean you'd still plot but you'd do less plotting you know it would be less Mm -hmm. stringent more I guess you call it more freeform So I've definitely, I went the plot, I definitely liked the plotting. I thought that was pretty great. So, I mean, so when I sit down to try to write, like, the only time I've tried to do any, I guess, pantster stuff would be like maybe writing a short story. But anything that's novel length, I definitely would plot it and uh, start with a document, like a we, we call it a concept in the group, but it's basically you try to get the whole it's almost like a synopsis of the story. Yeah. Basically, you have the whole story down to one page. So the idea is you can encapsulate, you know, and tell the entire plot, at least in broad strokes, um, in a concise manner. And then sort of the idea being, well, if you can do that, then you can expand it out, you know, if there's as long as there's enough material there to work with. And so then from the concept, you kind of might expand it and depending on how you went, which route you went with this guy's teachings, you'd go and you'd actually, you know, you'd come up with like a numbered list and it was called a crises. And then each crises would be like a scene or a chapter, but you know, it didn't have to be a scene or chapter. It it would have a distinct conflict, a distinct climax. So I embraced that and I, so I'll come up with a numbered list and I'll expand that into like more of like an outline and then a chapter outline and time of day, the weather, everything. Then I'll outline again, like the internal conflict of the characters, etc. So I, I do quite a bit of it. And for me, it works pretty well. And I think, you know, so when you're, when you're actually writing the rough draft or whatever, you're not as concerned about what's happening next because you kind of, you know what's going to happen next. So you're not making it up as you go. So you can concentrate more on just writing the sentences and, whatnot so for me it just makes it a lot easier makes the draft go faster and hopefully fingers crossed you know it helps with the editing process because there's not as much editing work to do at the end although um there's always a lot of editing <laughs> yes <laughs> you're like you hope it helps but sometimes you're like, who knows whether it really shortens the process when it comes to editing like everyone's always just like oh, i have to go over this again and again yep. and again and by the end of it you're like i don't know how many rounds i've done so <laughs> yeah no i was i found it interesting like ashley and i have a very similar process uh, we make a plot outline and then we expand it into chapter plans is what we call them however i found it interesting 
you talking about like the time of day and the weather and stuff because that's always the stuff that we somehow forget and then we have to fix in the edits <laughs> so yes. I might actually take a leaf out of your book for that one and do a more um purposeful look into the time of day and the weather in each chapter plan next time we plan one actually I know I was just thinking a little thing at the top weather <laughs> yes. time of day or month or something because <laughs> we yeah. always struggle with that and we're like oh well it was going into winter but then suddenly it's summer and <laughs> so we always have those inconsistencies so I was like I'm I'm taking a leaf out of out of your book there <laughs> yeah we recently we my writing group we listened we had like I guess a workshop or whatever but we did like a zoom with this guy I think his name's Alan Eskins and he's a, I guess, a mystery writer. But this guy, he was like talking, you know, we asked him about, oh, what's your planning process? He's like, oh, I write an outline. And it's like he writes multiple outlines. He has like an outline for the plot. He gets every little detail. Then he like, then he has like almost like a separate outline for each one of his major characters, like exactly what's going on. And so I read one of his books. And it, it, he does have like lots of plot twists and I thought huh I thought well that must be because he does so much planning he can because each one mm-hmm. none of the plot twists fa- seemed artificial I mean you kind of got in like oh that's surprising but expected instead of feeling like mm-hmm. oh yeah, he just yeah. held a bunch of information to fool me but yeah so I, I, I think it'd be hard to have so many twists without that yeah I think it's clever when authors manage to do that yeah and do it do it well because you're just like oh wow I didn't really see that coming but it actually totally fits (laughs) when you when you look back you're like yeah they've been planning this for a while (laughs) and leading up and I just missed it all (laughs) I mean like I hate it when I'm reading something yes well that not only did I expect that I should have known that but I I swear they withheld and you know I hate that (laughs) (laughs) job well done though (laughs) So if you could tell us a little bit about your publishing journey, like did you take the self-published route or did you go through an agent or what was your experience there? Uh, So I got published with a small press. It's the Wild Rose Press. So I didn't need an agent to submit to them. So they, they let you submit directly to them. So the interesting thing about that, I guess, so I guess many years ago, back before I had even joined the, the Puget Sound Writers Guild, I guess one of the people who founded the Wild Rose Press used to be a member of that group. Oh, and wow. She, I, guess, I guess she was like a well-published author. I think she had like 13 or 15 books or something, like romance books. And she was like mid-list or something with whoever she was with but then like they like said they like told her something like oh well sorry you know you've never quite broken through to our best sell our best selling list or whatever so we're gonna drop you so i guess she like got dropped from the publisher and then her agent couldn't find her a new publisher so she went up and set up her own publishing thing with some other people so she had actually come i think maybe right when i joined the group and say, so, oh yeah, and so you know they like talk about, you know, publishing and then becoming a publisher and etc. 
And I think at the time they were mainly a romance outfit. So I didn't really think too much of it, other than it was kind of interesting to hear about it. But then many years later, like I think the group invited her back. And I think one of the reasons they invited her back because like the the Wild Rose Press was like expanding into mystery and YA and these other things. So I thought, oh, I don't think I was writing YA at the time. I was still hooked trying to, you know, write an epic fantasy or something. But I thought, oh, well, YA, I, maybe I was thinking like, oh, you know, if I write YA, maybe I should keep them in the back of my mind as a place to submit to eventually. So anyway, once I got around to writing Dragons Walk Among Us, I had submitted it to some places and some people that were interested and got requests, but never went anywhere. And then I think like through one of the bigger writing conferences, you know, they like put out things like, oh, you know, here you can, this person is associated with our conference somehow. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll give you a discount on editing your book or whatever you book now. So I went and I got it edited through someone and that helped out a lot. Got a little bit more interest at different places, edited a bunch more myself. Then I thought, oh, maybe I should submit to the Wild Rose Press. And then I did. And then I lucked out. And then, I don't know, a year later, I had a book out after. after nice. that. And <laughs> You're like, I mean, somehow I had a book. It and suddenly it was born. <laughs> yeah, it was like from nothing, you know, nothing to something, you know, that seems to be yeah. how it works or something. Well, it's really. It must have been a, a really great feeling, I think, you know, like everyone's kind of, I feel like a lot of people will try the more traditional route and it, it's a, a lot of work and then a lot of rejection. So that feeling when you're like, yeah, <laughs> finally someone has, you know, read it and liked it enough. It's a great feeling, right? Yep. I think it's reassuring for other people as well to hear, you know, mm-hmm. you tried once, realized, you know, some revisions were required and, you know, did, went through the whole editing process, you know, submitted again, did some more editing. So that wasn't just, you know, it's, uh, oh, here, look at this. Oh, it's amazing. And it got published. Like, I think it's really good for other people to hear that other writers have gone through, you know, a bit of tr- turmoil yeah, to get yeah. to where they are. Yeah, I think if they say that they just submitted one place and all of a sudden it was either they're a genius or they're lying, probably. Yeah. Maybe both. <laughs> I, you know, it's the, the whole iceberg thing, you know, a lot of yeah. effort to get any, any amount of success takes quite a bit of effort, you know. Yeah. Everyone hopes to be that like one shot, like millionaire writer. <laughs> yeah. It happens so, so really. <laughs> so we've touched on um, your novels a little bit, but I was wondering if you could tell us a bit more about your series, the, is it Alison Lee Chronicles? Yep. Yep. Sure. So I came to the YA genre just because I, so it's fantasy. I mean, that's I mean, that's sort of the lead into the, the YA and the, or the connection to what I tried to write before was just that it has a, the fantasy element. And so let's see. So sort of the broad synopsis of sort of where the series goes is that it follows Allison Lee. That's, that's the main character. Um, as the name would indicate. So in the first novel, you know, pretty early on, she is attacked at random, or seemingly at random, and hit on the head, and as a consequence, ends up blind. So she's really motivated, though, to get her eyesight, even though she, I mean, she's essentially blind, she's really motivated to try to get her eyesight back, because she wants to be 
a like a photojournalist or whatever when, when okay. she's out of high school and through college. So she she's willing to do anything. So anyway, there's a opportunity to have like an experimental procedure done where she's going to get like these prosthetic eyes that are like you know cyborg eyes or whatever but it's dangerous you know but she's super motivated and then says yeah yeah i'll do do whatever it takes it can't you know either be blind or i'll see again kind of thing so she goes through that can see again and then as a consequence she can see following around some people. She can see dragons following them around that are like invisible to everybody else. And so that kind of opens up the whole fantasy world to her. Mm -hmm. And then from there, she finds out more fantastical things. And then she and her friends end up on, you know, sort of this ongoing adventure with sort of this unseen world and go through essentially in the first book, saving the planet from an alien invasion and then as it moves on then then they get involved with fairies as the blood of fairies would indicate and that's sort of the, the the thing so then there so it's the unseen world and then as you go along with the different books the unseen world kind of expands and expands and has more impact on the um, not only on Alice and her friends, but, you know, sort of the quote-unquote real world. And that's sort of where the series is going. It's planned to be four books. Um, right now I'm editing, finishing up editing the third book to uh, get it ready to send to the, you know, the editor. And then I'll be on to the fourth and final book. Awesome. That's so exciting. I feel like it, it gets exciting as you get further on in the series and you're like, oh, yes, I'm going to finally, like, as a writer, you're like, I'm going to see this come to a head finally, like all my plans. <laughs> so that's really fun. But I really like the premise too. What a cool idea to to have, you know, like something like a life-changing event like that and then like, you know, someone desperate for, for change that then suddenly they end up with this ability. It's kind of, it's almost like Marvel-like, but it's, it's kind of it's awesome i like it as a fellow writer i can like see the the plot gold from that idea as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like oh, you yeah. can do yep. so much with that i can imagine there's some excellent excellent plot events that occur <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like you say with it coming to fruition like the whole series like i was playing around like well is it going to be four or five books i always thought it'd be four or five and then when i was probably still finishing the draft of the third book then it kind of came to me okay so then to finish off the whole series with one more book kind of came together and i was like oh yeah, yeah so it did feel pretty good. i was like oh that's pretty exciting i can knock <laughs> it out in four books because uh i i it's fun to write them but then i'm also it'll be fun to move on to a finish it yes. and then move on yeah. to you know another project too that kind of thing yeah no it's interesting as well, because I I feel like series that are kind of that four to five length are like way more common these days as well. Because we we're facing the same question of like four or five for our like teen fiction series. <laughs> I think ours will end up five because we've got too much like plot left to go. But at the same time, like when we first looked at it, we we're like, oh, but you know, usually you have like a trilogy or like maybe like 
six books, like four or five seem like a really random number, but I feel like it's way more common these days with series being like way more common. So it's nice to like hear other writers doing that too. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, seems like, you know, the trilogy has been done, but then, you know, you get too many, then you get the thing where like people are like, well, is it ever going to end? you can hook people they can read it and then you know it's not i don't know yeah it's not like forever forever and you're like okay i stopped at like book yeah. five yeah. <laughs> yeah you're like i got through this far and then like i can't commit that much more yeah. <laughs> or you know like sometimes it's off-putting right from the start you know when you look at it and you're like how many books in this series well, do I have that much time of my life to devote to reading like a series that's 20 books long? No, I should have started ages ago if I wanted to read the series. Uh, that's true. I mean, but yes. Sometimes I look at these fantasy books and they're like, you know, huge. I'm like, oh, I don't want to read that right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but speaking about, you know, finishing series and then going on to other projects do you have any ideas for your next project on the horizon or um just still working on finishing that series at the moment where are you at with that uh, i mean i'm definitely going to finish the series before moving on to anything else you know or you know very or at least doing a whole lot with mm -hmm. it i mean, i'm playing around with Several ideas, you know, as far as like what might be next thing. Just letting them percolate in, in your mind. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have one that I could try editing and then see where it goes with that. But I don't know. I is like, it's bad enough, you know, it'd be a pretty monumental rewrite to like get it <laughs> yeah. uh, being um, probably where it was decent enough to put out to any kind of submission so i don't know i mean i i kind of tend to think oh it's easier just to start with a blank slate because it seems like the writing's all you always so much you know you so much better to start with so when you, you have something better to start with you know the whole process seems to go smoother so i do have like maybe a ya dystopian type idea yeah, percolating that i yeah. would consider pursuing i don't know if that if that doesn't go anywhere, I might try a, even a spin-off of the Alice and Lee Chronicles. See if I can interest the Wild Rose Press in something like that. So that's another option. But I think if you're if I was going to start something today, I'd probably go with the YA dystopian kind of. Yeah. Um, something new, fresh, different. Yeah. 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 But still YA because I think that'd be a. It'd be, it'd be different maybe from urban fantasy, but not that much different. So it wouldn't be mm -hmm. a huge, like, uh, change, heavy lift to uh, go that way, I don't think. Yeah. And for your third book, do you have, like, any set uh, release date for it or is it still in the works? No, no release date. With my publisher, you know, the way it works is that, so, like, you know, once you have something that you're going to, put in you know so i so i work directly like with my editor i have like an editor assigned to me so when i have you know the the next book ready so like when book three is ready for her to look at it i send it in and then like say oh 
here it is. Here's the next book. Here's, you know, the um, synopsis or whatever. And then here's the manuscript. And then, then that kind of gets the process going. But you got, we kind of go through the whole editing process with them. And, you know, you're pretty far down to where basically the book's edited and then then you then you get a release date so okay yeah so it can be pretty once you actually submit it i mean you can st it will so still be, be well. several yeah. months <laughs> or more before you get a release date yeah for sure so it's definitely a it's still a long process <laughs> yeah. oh i'm done oh no, well, yeah, there's still quite a bit more no for sure but yeah so i mean i guess for your your readers i guess that's in the works and to keep yep. an ear out for that release date sometime in the future. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered as we're getting close to wrapping this up? Like maybe any advice for any new authors starting out on their journey or anything that you wanted to add? Oh, I guess you're going to say like at least the like advice for authors. Well, I guess it would be... Um, you know, edit more. That'd be my, <laughs> yeah. that was a hard one for me to uh, get down. Cause I remember our, uh, you know, when, when, when our resident writer was still alive and in the writer's guild, he was always like, Oh, you have to go through the whole process. It doesn't matter how crappy your effort is, you know, your, what, you know, your story is, you go through the whole process, you know, you plan it, write it, edit it. You know, so you do the whole thing. I like, oh, this thing's this is such a horrible thing. I why why do I even want to waste my time editing? I just move on somewhere. But I definitely say that you know you're not going to get better at editing unless you you know spend lots of time editing you know fiction. So edit more. That'd be the main thing. That that's the best way to improve it. Improve whatever you're writing. I think that's very good advice. <laughs> it definitely makes you a better writer the more you edit. You see all of your mistakes and things you could do better. So you're like learning, perpetually learning from yourself, which is good. Yep. I love it when you get to a point where you look back and you're like, ah, oh, this isn't that bad. But then you wait a couple of months and you go back again and you're like, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, so where can people find your Alison Lee Chronicles? And if people want to get in touch with you or hear more about your work, uh, how can they do that? Well, the, the books, the books are available essentially at any of the online, you know, book retailer type places like the Amazons, Barnes and Noble. And I mean, one, ones that I've never heard of. So it's available at any of those places. As far as like to get in touch with me, I guess the best place would be my website, dansci-fi.com. That's all one word. And, you know, you can get in touch with me there. And if you're interested, you can join my newsletter. So then I'll get in touch with you. <laughs> um, do you have any social media for people to follow as well? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I let's see, like Twitter, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all those types of things. It's Dan Rice writes, so easy to remember. 
perfect. Kind of rhymes. I like it. <laughs> I was thinking I liked the the website. I was like, oh, that would have been like a hard one to to get in terms of um oh I don't even know where I'm going with this. Domain name. Yes, that's one. <laughs> I was like, that might have been a, a tricky domain to get, like Dan Sci-Fi. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know the I, I think my I mean my wife probably helped me come up with different domain names because I know Dan Rice and stuff like that, like Dan Rice, all that kind of you know, it was taken. Those are like lawyers, you know. There's tons of lawyers that have taken a bunch of those names. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you're just like, oh, is there anything left? But you just have to get as creative with your domain names as you do. Yeah, <laughs> with with your writing in some ways. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. Really enjoyed our chat, and I'm really interested and intrigued by your story. I premise and thank you be interesting to see where it goes and might have to look it up do you have any last words ashley (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say thank you very much for coming on the show i think we've had a really good conversation about how you got into writing because a lot of people uh, who come on just say oh you know I've always loved writing so I like wrote a novel I found it really interesting like all of the steps you went through and you know how all of that training has like come into your work as well I think people will be able to get a lot out of your writing journey so thanks again for being on the show yeah thank you And if you would like to be on an author spotlight, like uh, Dan has just been, you can head on over to our website, lindersoncreations.com and hover your mouse over the podcast tab and you'll find a link to apply. And next time on Dear Writer, we have another one of our craft episodes, which is part two of our writing deep scenes. So look forward to that. Again, as a reminder, it's going to be a bi-weekly show, so you can expect that in two weeks from now. And if you'd like to know any more about us or any of our writing projects, you can visit us at lindersoncreations.com or get in contact with us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle lindersoncreations. And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Happy writing, everyone. Happy writing, everyone.